You can't really do anything unless God calls you to do that. And when God calls you, you have to be faithful. Maybe He's called you to pray. You have to be faithful in praying. Whatever God has told you to do, you got to do it faithfully. But at the same time, if you're going to do it faithfully, you're going to have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. We're glad you've joined us today for a new series in 1 Timothy, an instructive letter from the Apostle Paul to his young follower and friend. Roll will begin our study today with a challenge for all of us as Christians. He'll show us that because God's truth is often questioned and frequently twisted in today's world, it's more important than ever to know the Word and champion the Gospel. With today's lesson, here's Raul Reese. Now, the great pastoral epistle that is given to us here is to warn Timothy and to inform him of these false teachers that were in the church. And Paul was training him, discipling him. Timothy would come to that place in his life where Paul is saying, you guys, I'm going to Rome. They're going to kill me in Rome, but I'm giving you the ministry. You're going to take the message and you're going to teach people the word of God. So what happens in first chapter of Timothy, the false teachers are trying to come against Timothy to take down the word of God. In chapter 1, we're going to see that Timothy is to remain in Ephesus. So now Paul left Ephesus. He's on his way to Macedonia. He left Timothy there for the gospel. But he's to combat error. Those that are coming and oppose him, which are the false teachers. They wanted to bring false teaching to the real church. And Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, I'm leaving you here not to defend the gospel but to teach and to teach the truth. And the truth will set people free. You don't have to defend the gospel. God can defend himself. And then again, he wants to make sure they understand. So he starts out in chapter 1 with a greeting. So we're going to see Paul open here his letter to Timothy, warning him again of false teachers. Verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment or the royal command of God, our Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. Notice how he starts out. Paul here has been converted on his way to Damascus, remember, from the book of Acts. And on his way to Damascus, and all of a sudden, the Lord appears to Paul and says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul dropped to his knees and got saved and went to Damascus. And there was a guy by the name of Ananias. And the Lord had gone before him and said, I want you to go and lay hands on Paul the apostle so he can receive the Holy Spirit. And Ananias said, look, Lord, I heard about this guy. He kills Christians. And the Lord says to him, hey, I've taken care of him. So he goes, lay hands on Paul, receives the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When he came to Damascus, he was blind. He receives his sight once again. And Paul the Apostle becomes historical. As he gives us 14 letters 
And when he gives you those letters, it's for you to understand doctrine, to understand servanthood, to understand discipleship and pastorship. He goes on again in verse 1. So Paul and Apostle want to be sent out. So his identification is as Paul. His call as an apostle, sending someone out with a special purpose. The word that is used here for apostle. And also Paul was called to proclaim the good news to people that did not know the good news of Jesus Christ. Every one of us are called by the Lord. Maybe not to be apostles, not to be prophets. But every single one of us have been called to be servants, to serve. A servant is one that does whatever has called him to do. But he's never looking for promotion. He's never wanted to be something. He wants to be a nobody. To stay simple, to stay humble. And when you do that, the Lord Jesus Christ not only is going to open doors for your life to use you. But he's also going to be with you to close doors that he doesn't want you to walk through. And Paul was a type of person being led by the Holy Spirit, the Lord speaking to him. Another thing that I see here thoroughly is Paul refers to the source of his authority of Christ Jesus. Notice that. Of Christ Jesus by the commandment or the command of God, our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. So in the pastoral epistles, Jesus Christ appears 25 times, while Jesus Christ only five times in the epistles here. Paul asks here, according to the commandment of God, this may not only be the same command noted in Titus chapter 1, verse 3, and the same word transfer authority in Titus 2, 5. So he's speaking by authority, as he says here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the authority of our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, our hope. There has to be authority in teaching the word of God. In speaking the word of God, there has to be authority. Not man's authority, but God's authority that is given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. For each one of our lives. Secondly, verse 2. Notice. And to Timothy, the true disciple of Jesus Christ, a child in the faith that Paul the apostle discipled. To Timothy, a true son in the faith or through the faith. Timothy became like a son to Paul. And that's what he says here to Timothy, a true son in the faith. And then he says what? Grace. Mercy and peace. Here's the triplets. Grace, unmerited favor. We don't deserve heaven. He's given us heaven. Mercy is kind of a negative. Because mercy, we deserve hell. And he's given us mercy. And he gave us peace. Grace, mercy, and peace. From who? From our Father and Jesus Christ. Who? Our Lord. Is Jesus your Lord? Is he really your Lord and your Savior in your life? I think that's something that we need to teach our children and grandchildren. Is that the Lord Jesus Christ came from all eternity to die on the cross so that he could not only take care of our sins, but that we could become his disciples. Disciples in Christ Jesus. So that we could be used 
in taking his gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to other people. So they can take the gospel to other people. That's called discipling. The great discipling factor is that Jesus had 12 men. One was a traitor. The other 11 became disciples of Jesus Christ. And they took the message to the whole world. So that people could come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Verse 3. I, Paul, urge you, Timothy, when I went to Macedonia and remained in Ephesus, that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Because why? Because Paul the Apostle had given the true doctrine to Timothy. False teachers were always, and false teachers today are always trying to get disciples. And usually the Jehovah Witnesses, the Mormons, when they start recruiting, they don't recruit people like you that know the Bible. They recruit people that do not know the Bible, and they say they accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. They come to their houses, knock on the door, and they begin to share with them, and they have a lot to share. But then they look at your life, if you're a young Christian, and you have really nothing to share because you just accepted Christ. So they took that advantage and they go, all right, here's one that we can convince. Here's one we can bring to our faith. And Paul's talking about these false teachers. They were recruiting young Christians. They had not studied the Bible. Timothy was there to teach them the word of God. And that's why Paul encouraged them. And actually said to Timothy, Timothy, make sure that when you remain there, teach them the word of God. Charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Charging them to stay True to the word of God. Because there was a lot of false teachers already in that city. Verse 4. Nor give heed to fables. Now fables here. The word fables refers to all forms of false teaching and doctrines. And endless genealogies. Which cause disputes. Rather than godly building up. Which is in faith. True faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ becomes not only your Savior, but He becomes your God, your Master. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Don't forget, we're here to enrich your faith with the life-shaping wisdom of God's Word. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com to browse our wide selection of resources, including Rawls' foundational biblical doctrines book. Now back to more of our study today from 1 Timothy chapter 1. He goes on, verse 5. And now the purpose of the commandment is what? Love from a pure heart and from a good conscience. And from sincere faith, three things. Love, notice, pure heart, good conscience, and sincere faith. This kind of love comes, again, from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. See, the love of God is the key to the church. The love of God is the key to our faith in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So the faith that we have in Christ Jesus, the love of God that has been given to us, we share with other people with a pure heart. With a pure heart and a good conscience, what you put into your mind. 
and a sincere faith, which means what? You really have faith in Jesus Christ. That what people see. Verse 6, from which some having straight have turned aside to idle talk. We see that the problem makers have stayed from the way from the truth of Jesus Christ. You have those people that want to make trouble in churches. But those that have the word of God and know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they discern those kind of people. And they don't defend the faith. They see these people and what do they do? They tell people like that to leave the church. Because if they stay in the church, they're going to cause major problems and the church is going to suffer because of these people that are not really Christians, but argumentative. They want to change your mind. They want to change your heart when they need their heart to be changed. But they cause problems. Verse 7. Desiring to be teachers of the law. So you see, false teaching at Ephesus was legitimate. It was going on. Desiring to be teachers of the law, understanding neither what they say nor things which they affirm. These false teachers did not know God's word. They were teaching a different gospel, a different doctrine. Verse 8, but we know that the law is good if one uses it, what? Lawfully. The law of Moses, it was not to control people that were saved. The law of God brought you to the teaching of the word of God in your own personal life. We're not saved by the law of Moses. We're saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. They're saved by the Lord Jesus Christ, his grace. Verse 9, knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person. For who? For an unrighteous person. But for the lawless and the insubordinate, for the ungodly, for sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of the fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers. And if there is any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, so those that do not have sound doctrine, they get exposed here by Paul the Apostle. Notice again, for ungodly, for sinners, for unholy, for profane, for murderers of fathers, murderers of mothers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there's any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, and that word that he uses here for sodomites, he's speaking of lesbians and homosexuals. In the kingdom of God, there's no such thing. A lot of times people argue the fact that if Jesus loves everybody, why can he love homosexuals and lesbians? He does. You have to come to a place if you're a liar, whatever your sin may be, Maybe you're not a homosexual or a lesbian. You're not a fornicator, whatever it is. We all were born under sin. And the only way to get rid of our sin is to repent and come to Jesus Christ and accept him by faith. And then we have our names written in the book of life. And then we learn the word of God and we begin to grow by the word of God. And pretty soon we're sharing the Bible with other people. And what happens? We're leading them to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And Paul here wants to make sure we understand that. Verse 11, according to the glorious gospel, the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So the gospel of Jesus Christ was, notice, was trusted to Paul and to Timothy. 
They were not only to be trusted, but to give the gospel of Jesus Christ to people they would put the trust in Jesus Christ. Verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, enabled you, because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. I see that in my own personal life. That the Lord called me, the Lord anointed me, the Lord saved me, and the Lord called me into the ministry, and that's why I'm here, because of the call of Jesus Christ. You can't really do anything unless God calls you to do that. And when God calls you, you have to be faithful to what God called you to do. Maybe he's called you to pray. You have to be faithful in praying. Whatever God has told you to do, you got to do it faithfully. But at the same time, if you're going to do it faithfully, you're going to have to surrender your life to Jesus Christ fully and completely so that he not only trusts you, but you trust him and you become faithful in the things that he's called you to do. Verse 13. Paul here describes his wicked life before coming to Christ. He says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, he kind of brings up, you know, who he was many times. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. And that goes for each one of us individually. We were ignorant. We, were, we had unbelief in our lives. Every sin that we ever committed before we came to Christ, we were ignorant. We had never heard the gospel. Have you never heard the gospel? But even as that particular moment when the Holy Spirit began to work in your life, what's the first thing that happens? You get convicted. And you go, well, I wasn't convicted before. Why am I convicted now? Because God is dealing with your life. Somebody witnessed to you, you read something on the screen, or you heard Billy Graham speak or somebody else, and all of a sudden, you don't accept Christ then, and anything you do now is a conviction in your life. And eventually, the Holy Spirit says, are you going to repent or not repent? And then you repent and you become what? A Christian. You believe, you become a believer in Jesus Christ. And what does God do? He saves you. He cleanses you. He washes you. And then he uses you. In verse 14, here we have Paul's attention. Again, mercy, grace, faith, and love. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith, love, which is in Christ Jesus. You see that word in, you can circle it. That's our position in Jesus Christ. We are in Christ, not outside of Christ, in Christ. That's your position, and that's my position today in Jesus Christ. The grace of God given to me, the faith that is given to me, and the love that has kept me in Jesus Christ for so many years, and the love that I'm supposed to Give to other people, loving people, and praying for people. That's what Paul and Timothy did. Verse 15. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. The word faithful there is trustworthy. This is a trustworthy saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And Paul says, who I am a chief sinner. I love that. 
Paul recognizing his sinfulness. He never forgot the love of God and the grace of God given to him at salvation. So we must, like Paul, the apostle, I am a chief sinner, he says. Recognizing again. Verse 16. However, for this reason, I have obtained mercy. That is me, first Jesus Christ. My show all long suffering as a pattern of those who are going to believe in Jesus Christ for everlasting life. So that's Paul's confession. Eternal life. Verse 17. And not to the king eternal, immoral, invisible. The God who alone is wise be honor and glory forever and ever and ever. So be it. Paul finishing. Notice with a doxology here. Notice God is king of eternal. He's immortal and he's invisible. Verse 18. This charge I commit to you, Timothy. Son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Timothy is telling that Timothy, fight the fight against all evil. To have victory in Christ Jesus against his false teachers. Having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected, the false teachers rejected, concerning the faith have shipwrecked. So he talks about these false teachers that are shipwrecked. They'll never come to Christ. They're coming against Christ. It would be like a backslider. It would be somebody that received the gospel. They don't want it. They go out and do whatever they want to do, and they become shipwrecked. Then he says this, verse 20, of whom he mentions two people, Hymenaeus and Alexander, who I, Paul, have delivered to Satan may learn not to blaspheme. I guess these two had blasphemed against God, and Paul turns them over to the devil, so that the devil can do whatever they want to them, and maybe they'll come back to Christ, and maybe they'll never come back to Christ. We hope today's lesson has been a motivation for you to spend more time in God's Word, preparing yourself to face the daily bombardment of messages that defy the Lord and call His truth into question. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program in its entirety, just call us at 800-634-9165, and for a donation of $5 or more, we'll send a copy of today's message from 1 Timothy chapter 1. Now, to equip you with a more solid grasp of the Bible's basic principles, we'd like to tell you about a helpful resource titled Doctrines, a simplified roadmap of biblical truth. Rawls' book will guide you in discovering the firm foundations of your faith. You'll also learn how to identify false religious teaching and avoid dead-end theories on your spiritual journey. Contact us today to order Doctrines, a simplified roadmap of biblical truth. Just visit somebodylovesyou.com or call us at 800-634-9165 and we'll send your copy for $10 plus shipping and handling. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We'd like to mention several free resources as well. Look for us on Spotify and iTunes to download podcasts of all of these programs. 
Our app also provides convenient connections to Scripture with live-streamed teaching, an online group reading through God's Word, and much more. Plus, Rawl is available to personally provide clarity to any Bible questions you might have. You can email him at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. We are thankful for you as a partner. Your contributions keep us on the air, and every gift is tax-deductible. Tune in again next time for our continued study of 1 Timothy. You'll see that the more time you spend with the Lord filling your spirit with His Word, the more He can use your life to draw others to His love. Now here's Rawl once again with a final thought from today's teaching. In the book of Corinthians, Paul in chapter 5 and 6, he speaks about these Christians that were sinning. And he says, you know, it's better for you not to eat with them, not to do anything with them, so that the Holy Spirit can have an opportunity to not only bring conviction to them, because as long as you hang out with people like that, you're going to do what people are going to talk about you. Then why is he or she fellowshipping with them when they know they're in sin? And he says, don't have breakfast with them. Don't have lunch with them. Leave them alone so that the devil can work over their lives. And as the devil destroys their life, they'll come back to the truth of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to do. We need to pray for sinners. That the Lord somehow, loved ones, friends, whoever they are in your life, that you turn them over to the devil. Not so they can go to hell, but that they come to that place and say, you know what? They were right. I need Jesus Christ in my life. You know what will happen? They'll come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior because of your prayers and because of your testimony, the way you're living your life for Jesus Christ. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.